Han var det. I'm WSB's Eric Erickson, and as you listen to my friends Rush and Sean, know that the WSB 24-hour breaking news center is hard at work. Whatever and wherever there's breaking news, severe weather or traffic red alert, the WSB 24-hour breaking news center will not hesitate to break in. Depend on it. New Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. Live from the Hill, our very own Jamie Dupree with the latest news from D.C. Hi, he's the most connected man in Washington, D.C. And hey, you know, Sean. Did you see the report in the Boston Herald that uh, the very accessible woman of the people, Hillary Clinton, who was vowed to be accessible to the throngs of we mere mortals? Um, well, apparently, um, better not tell that to a New Hampshire crowd that waited for hours in the rain to see her yesterday. They were snubbed and didn't even get a hello. Did you see that? I did not see that. Yeah, it was in the Boston Herald today. Most of the ignored backers were young, a key democratic demographic for the for the former first lady, and her first stop at the Granite States, and she was announcing, and uh, she never pressed the flesh. She had all these people huddled outside in the rain, and she wouldn't go out and say hi. She did not uh, take any uh, questions from reporters yesterday, and it, uh, some of my colleagues who have been out to Iowa and New Hampshire to cover her are all saying that uh, there's not much to do when you go because there aren't any big kind of campaign appearances where you you like to as a reporter both get your hands on the candidate as well as on the backers who are there it's always fun to interview the people who go to the events especially the larger events where you tend to find some people who are just shopping for a candidate she was here in dc today hillary was sean she did a speech over at georgetown university where oddly enough her husband had been the day before no appearances on in fact you're getting a paid no, for that speech or uh, no, t- you mean today? Yeah. No, I don't think so. It's because she was um, it was uh, presenting some uh, diplomatic related award that actually has her name on it from a, a school uh, unit at Georgetown University. There's no uh, real guidance right now as to when she is going to go back out on the trail. Remember yesterday I told you that her uh, chairman of the campaign, John Podesta, longtime advisor, had met with Senate Democrats yesterday at their lunch. Then he evidently met last night at the home of one Democratic congresswoman from Connecticut with about 60 to 70 different House members who I guess came over to a meeting as well to sort of yeah. get their introduction to the candidate. So behind the scenes, they're doing an awful lot. They're also the, the Clinton did, people. Did you see also, that they also had dinners for, well, your friends, members in the media? I did not. Yeah, apparently they had John Podesta had a bunch of people over, ABC, NBC, CBS. And well, they all tend to, the, all them sort of do run in the same circle, so that doesn't yeah. surprise me. Doesn't that sound a little insane? You mean you don't get invited to those parties? Uh, no, I've never been invited to those. Yeah, I always uh, found those, uh, the idea of those to be somewhat unsettling, but we do have sort of an elite crowd here in D.C. that they do run in those same circles. In other yes. words, it's incestuous that you have the media, they go to dinners and parties and, and sit-downs, private, off-the-record, all these things happen all the time, and and that kind of buys a little bit of what, let me say, let us let us say, well, it, it kind of buys them easy, simple coverage, doesn't it? Uh, I would guess sometimes it at least gets them access and maybe a phone call returned here and there, but it certainly doesn't guarantee anything because uh, I, I can tell stories, uh, endless ones of people, suddenly their best friends button up 100% when things get difficult. All right, I'm going to give you a Hannity clue today. Yes. Right? You watch this in the days to come, okay? All right. Hundred million dollars, Iran, Peter Schweitzer's book. 
Okay. The uh, the Clinton people are, are making a very concerted effort to push back against that Clinton cash book. There's a memo that's been making the rounds amongst supporters. I mean, you've we talked about it quickly yesterday. You know, the bottom line is sort of, well, he's a Republican hack. This is a right wing attack. And I think you'll see more and more of that. But as we get to the details, I'm going to be interested to see what comes out, what the New York Times and the Washington Post and others milk out of this book, because they're evidently getting an early look at it. Uh, and that's supposed to what come out. Mm-hmm. Is it May 5th? Is May that, 5th, is that, right. But there's going yeah. to be stories that come out very before, soon before assume. that. Yeah. And, yeah, they have the exclusive on it. And I just I want you to remember $100 million, All right. Iran, Schweitzer's book. And then you're going to say, darn, my buddy Hannity, he's really looped in. Um, and uh, on that May 5th date, that's uh, the day that Huckabee announces. And the word is, I just saw a story uh, from the Wall Street Journal that Carly Fiorina on her announcement on May 4th will just do it online. So you're not going to have to be in two places at the same time because Ben Carson, I think, is doing his. That He's same doing day. his in Detroit. Yeah, In Detroit, yes. Yeah, Where's well, I, Huckabee going to be? Uh, Arkansas. Is he going to be in Arkansas? Yeah. Probably Hope, I assume. I think he was with Brett Fair and he said Hope. All right. There's going to be an announcement in Hope. So... Uh, All right. What else you got going on today? Well, I can't make this one up. I was covering a VA hearing today, and I just got to bring this up because sometimes wacky things surface. There was a big hearing today delving deeply into mismanagement and whistleblowing at VA facilities in Philadelphia and in Oakland. Uh, There was one investigator who told the Congress today, this is a quote here, I have never seen such a toxic environment as in the Philadelphia office of the VA that's been getting a lot of attention. Then, you know, there are times, Sean, when you're sitting there and you're listening to a hearing and it's going on and on and on, you're doing a couple things, but it's still going on in the background, typing away. And suddenly I just stopped and I I thought to myself, what, what did I just hear? And the chairman of the House Veterans Committee, Jeff Miller, of, uh, of Florida asked a, an official from the Philly office to come forward uh, to the desk. She's, I think, the assistant director and said, look, uh, I want to ask a question about there was supposedly a party that you hosted for employees of the Philly office at which a VA executive who also worked in the same office supposedly forced workers there who were at this party at this party to pay money to this guy's wife. What? In order to, quote, act as a medium and spe- speak to deceased loved ones. So evidently, supposedly there's a whistleblower that says some guy in the VA office forced his co-workers to pay money to his wife, who's a medium, so they could speak to their deceased family members or something like that. You no, know, there are a lot of people that believe that kooky stuff. She refused to answer any questions, saying she was told by the inspector general's office not to answer any questions. Miller was somewhat incredulous at that, but just sort of left it at that. So we'll see if anything else comes out of there. But more... More head-shaking testimony about the VA than anything else. Meanwhile, tomorrow on my blog, I'm going to have a story up later today. The VA chief earlier this week, yesterday, he was up here before senators testifying on his budget. And I was interested in this. I didn't have a chance to track it. Is this the sex party story? No, this is the VA. Oh, the VA. I thought you said DEA. No, we can get to that in a second. The VA chief accused House Republicans of making budget cuts at the VA. And I thought to myself, well, wait a second. I've read their, their budget plan. It just came out a few days ago. I didn't see any cutbacks. I didn't have a chance to look at it yesterday. I just I got to it in the last hour. Well, it's one of those things where the, the Republicans would spend more on the VA in the House budget plan, but they wouldn't spend as much as the Obama budget. So the VA chief calls that a cut and then argues that the Republicans are going to cut money and deny veterans medical care to 70,000 veterans, et cetera, et cetera. So I'll uh, flesh that out tomorrow at jamiedupree.com. There is another story I meant to bring up about Hillary, and her campaign confirmed uh, the accuracy of which to the Washington Free Beacon, an analysis that showed that women working in Clinton's Senate office were paid 72 cents for each dollar paid to men, 
The campaign told factcheck.org that it does not dispute the accuracy of the report, which analyzed the office's publicly available disbursement forms from fiscal years 2002 to 2008 and found that men working for Clinton had a median salary of $15,708 higher than sort women. Sounds like uh, what we found at the, at the White House yeah. uh, in earlier times exactly. as well. Exactly. They uh, make a big call for for equal pay, but when you look at the numbers, it, it doesn't turn out that way. In their what do you, what do you got about Hillary? I'm sorry about Iran. We now have the Iranians now are sending warship uh, warships to protect the weapons shipments they're sending yeah. to Iran. So that's ratcheting up. Boy, Iran and Iran refused inspectors a second entry to one of their bases. Did you see that? Yeah, and you know I, I think that that kind of stuff on the. Uh, the uh, to get the people in there to look at the facilities and the lack of access and some of the things that have been said by the Iranian regime, certainly playing you know right to the arguments of a number of Republicans and some Democratic critics of this deal. You know what? It's uh, late April. Uh, they got two plus months to try to put it together. But boy, if there's some type of military confrontation between the U.S. and Iran on the high seas there off of Yemen, uh, that could certainly cause some. But when asked about this, they said they're not there for that. Didn't they say that? Who said that? The administration. Um, well, I had not seen that. I, I, I didn't think that there was a briefing about it or anything like that. But from the Pentagon, from every story I saw over there, is that they were putting those ships out uh, because they wanted to dissuade the Iranians and, and that convoy from making its way to Yemen for the Houthi rebels. Yeah. Well, I think we actually have a, a cut of somebody denying it. Who was it that denied it? It was Jen Psaki, I believe. Okay, well, that's State well, Department. So. We'd just like to straighten out the signal here in terms of why our, our ships are there and do they have orders that if, in fact, they're concerned about these weapons and transfer, can they take action? Well, let me not, let's not get ahead of where we are at this moment in time. We have ships in the region for a purpose. Obviously, there's a troubling history that we've seen in terms of Iranian support for the Houthis in Yemen, and that's something that we're closely monitoring with the international community. I don't have a new assessment for you today. Obviously, that's something we work behind the scenes, but we don't frequently talk about publicly. Sure. Jen, we're just confused because over the last couple of days, people in the Pentagon, senior defense military officials, have said that the warships were sent there to prepare to intercept the Iranian ships. And then you've got Marie Harf, who's got the job you used to have over the State Department, saying they are not there to intercept the Iranian ships. So which one is it? Well, listen, we always have contingency plans. That's what the United States does. Right. We have the best military in the world. Yep. But we also don't get ahead of predicting or laying out what we may or may not right. do. But we're if watching the Iranians... this closely. We're monitoring this closely. Sure. We have a range of abilities, but we're not going to predict what will happen. Our hope is that this can de-escalate. Are okay. you restricting what will happen? Though? Are there restrictions on our ships there, or are they able to do what they need to do? Well, again, this is a case where not just the United States, but the international community has made clear that Iranian support to the Houthis is unacceptable. They passed an arms embargo through the U.N. Uh, earlier this week. But I'm not going to lay out what actions may or may not be taken. That would be irresponsible. I think as a reporter, I would uh, put a little more weight of thumb on the scale of the Pentagon senior officials in a case like this, Sean, yeah. just from my experience. So, so yesterday, the president was kind of laying on to the Saudis about the airstrikes, the Saudis have decided we're not going to listen to you, and they're, going to, they're continuing their airstrikes, defying Obama uh, in Yemen. And secondly, now we got the Obama administration concerned that al-Sisi is being too tough on the former Egyptian president, former head of the Muslim Brotherhood, Mohamed Morsi, who was recently sentenced to 20 years in jail for violently suppressing protests outside the presidential palace in December of 2020. 12 that resulted in the deaths of several 
demonstrators. And Josh Ernest said the U.S. is concerned by these sentences. All Egyptians, regardless of political affiliation, are entitled to equal and fair treatment by the law. Well, why, why, are they, why are they sticking up for the Muslim Brotherhood? A reminder that uh, the words from Washington only go so far. It looks like both the Egyptians and the Saudis are continuing to sort of move away from us on a number of fronts. Yeah, it seems like the Saudis, the Egyptians, the Jordanians and the Israelis seem to be getting more closely allied in the absence of any leadership in the region from the U.S. Is that a fair analysis? Uh, I think they've definitely taken steps away from us. I mean, just look, when you have the Egyptians and uh, UAE bombing in different areas in Libya and uh, joining together in other places, uh, they do seem to be doing things maybe more than what we'd like. Hey, you asked me a question yesterday about names of Republicans and the Loretta Lynch and nomination. And why, well, why did you not have the answer to that yesterday? That was outrageous. Uh, that was outrageous. Top of my tongue. Sorry. Five Republicans, it looks like right now, for sure, who will vote for her. We've already heard from three of them uh, in the um, in the Senate Judiciary Committee, Orrin Hatch of Utah, Jeff Flake of Arizona, Lindsey Graham of South Carolina. We also expect Mark Kirk of Illinois and Susan Collins of Maine to be voting for Lynch. There are my colleague, one of my colleagues uh, from CBS tells me there are several people who are still undecided on the Republican side including Kelly Ayotte of New Hampshire, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, and Rob Portman of Ohio. So at max, I could see Loretta Lynch getting 54 at very max and 51 at the least in the Senate. We're just about done with this human trafficking bill. In fact, the final vote going on right now downstairs for me on the Senate floor. And after that, then we'll go to the Lynch nomination. And it could could be we could vote on that as early as Thursday. So we got Orrin Hatch, Jeff Flake, Susan Collins, Lindsey Graham, and who else? Mark Kirk of Illinois. Good grief. Those are the five right now that we've heard that will vote for Lynch. Have we heard from back from Orrin Hatch's office even after yesterday? Not a peep out of him. Wow. Unbelievable. Nothing. All right, Jamie Dupree, the most connected man See in you, uh, Washington, D.C. Sir, thank you. Appreciate it. 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. We'll debate the the horrors of Earth Day, which aren't really horrors at all. We'll get to that. And also coming up, we have the very latest. Pam Geller, by the way, won a big lawsuit yesterday. We're going to go into the Iranian showdown, which is not going to be a showdown because, well, the president doesn't have the courage to stand up to the Iranians. Uh, we'll have a full special report on the real war on women. Don't miss this report tonight. You're going to meet a Saudi Arabian woman who actually uh, drove and got in trouble. Oh, how dare you drive? Also, an investigation into the threat from within in terms of ISIS members from here. Uh, we'll have the latest going on with the Iranian aggression and uh, much, much more. Oh, and Jim Gray's going to join us. He sat down with Floyd Mayweather. Oh, this is going to be great. We're going to show you that interview. It's going to be fun. 10 Eastern tonight, set your DVR, Hannity on Fox. I may go to the heavyweight fight this weekend at the Garden. You know, the championship fight. Uh, you know by now that I have carried a concealed weapon for nearly all my adult life. I've had carry permits in Rhode Island, California, Alabama, Georgia, and in New York. And I take my, my weapon seriously, safety seriously. But God forbid you ever get to the point that you have to protect your family, your children, your spouse, your grandparents, whatever it happens to be, are you prepared for what happens after you protect them, after the threat has been neutralized, if God forbid that ever happens, after the smoke clears? Now, I'm so glad I'm a proud member of the United States Concealed Carry Association because the last thing I want to do in the wake of 
a self-defense incident, is worried about hiring lawyers and posting bail and spending time in jail. I'm a proud member, and as a member, they take care of all of that for me. Now I want to give you a special gift, a free gift from the United States Concealed Carry Association that has helped me take my personal preparedness to the next level. It's called 18 Proven Strategies for Effective Self-Defense. You can get it right now. It's totally free at this website, Hannity4USCCA.com. It's one word, Hannity4USCCA.com. If you own a gun, you must become a member, Hannity4USCCA.com. Sean Hannity. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB.